a.k.a. Post Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your Tuesday here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Tuesday, you know what that means. It means Mark Stein will join us very shortly. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-92-TOTO. We start with the mom, the city attorney that was fired by Eric Adams' administration because she dared speak up to his lordship. Mr. GQ, the best-dressed mayor in history, Eric Adams, and she voiced voiced what many people think is an unprotested, an unreasonable policy of keeping children under five wearing these insane masks. Despite every single warning about what this does to their development, to their speech development, among other things, no. These liberals are so intolerant, it's disgusting. So if you dare oppose this mayor and actually speak up and protest, what happens? His henchmen fire you, no matter what, and they lie about it. They said it was a job performance issue. She's on maternity leave. So what did she do on maternity leave that, 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 that turned out to be a bad performance for her work? This lawyer, Daniela Jampel, 38 years old. And, you know, they're also they're trying to say that she lied to get into the press conference. I don't believe one word this city administration says. I don't believe one word that comes out of this Adams administration, period. When it comes to someone that wants to protest against them, a mom who has, who's passionate about her child versus the political hacks that surround this mayor, the yes men that surround this mayor, who do you believe? I'm going to believe her. Now, I could be wrong, of course. Maybe she did, but I don't believe it. Because they're also telling us that her job performance cost her her job. Oh, funny how that works. Hours after she confronts the mayor, all of a sudden her job performance is terrible and Mayor Adams and his henchmen get rid of her. This mayor has shown callous disregard for the real working people of New York. He likes to dance around with the celebrities. He likes to be seen at the fashion shows. Mr. GQ Mayor, oh yeah, big star on Broadway, that's him. Mr. Impeccably Dressed. Meanwhile, in New York City, a man had his neck slashed with a box cutter on the subway. Just another act of violence on the subways, traveling on the northbound 4 train. The man, thankfully, is expected to recover. Oh, yeah, the new mayor, Eric Adams, has vowed to crack down on the problem, but so far has failed to ease New Yorkers' fears. He's not easing New Yorkers' fears because people are still being killed, murdered, slashed, beaten, robbed, raped, pillaged in the streets of New York, while this mayor 
finds it more important to give his hero basketball players and baseball players a pass so that they can avoid the rules. But the common people in New York, the peasant class, the nobodies in New York, get spat on by this mayor and this and his henchmen. This is a disgrace. I wanted to give, I was all, give this mayor a chance. Because he talked a good game when he was running for office. Oh, yeah, he's going to be Mr. Law and Order. He's going to bring law and order back to New York. Oh, yeah. He's a typical liberal. All he does is talk a good game. It's all talk. And you get nothing. You get nothing. Especially if you belong to the peasant class. He and the elites can go out without fear. He and the elites can go visit the fashion shows and the Broadway plays and do everything. Yeah, but you, the average person, you have to live in fear for your life. You, the average person, you have to mask up your five-year-old. And if you dare say to the mayor, you know, maybe, Mr. Mayor, this isn't a good idea. Keeping these five-year-olds, you're fired. Get out. You don't have a livelihood. To all the people who worked in this city, who kept this city going when COVID deaths were mounting up by the score, who didn't have a vaccination, but they showed up at work anyway. Once this mayor and his liberal buddies put in the rules, there was the old mayor, actually, de Blasio, and they put in the rules, oh, you dare not go against these liberal rules because guess what? You're fired, you low-class, little-for-nothing peasants in New York. Those of you who work, you're fired. Oh, yeah, we'll make exceptions for the multi-million dollar baseball players, one of whom the owners of one of the teams who happened to line the pockets of the mayor's pack with a very generous donation. Oh, yeah, we can make exceptions for them. We can make exceptions for out-of-town entertainers because they're the important people. They're the big people. But you little people in New York... Screw you. He's elected now. He doesn't have to listen to you. He doesn't have to care what you think. Oh, you dare speak up against his lordship? You dare speak up against the most merciful? Not. The all-knowing? Not. The high priest of New York and best-dressed man in the world, Eric Adams? You're fired. What a disgrace. Juana Esperanza Sorano, de Perdomo, 61, Perdomo, killed Monday. Her crime, she was walking past the deli on 164 East and 188th Street in Fordham Heights. Her crime, she went out to buy groceries, hit in the back by a bullet, by four thugs, four, four gang thugs. They fled on foot so far. And what do we get? We get the police commissioner, and I feel sorry for her sometimes. She's decrying a spike in gun violence. It's another act of senseless violence. Yes, it is. Meanwhile, the mayor, Mr. I'm going to straighten this town out. What does he do? He fires a mother. 
because she dares speak out against one of his policies. And no, he's not going to stand for the little peasants challenging him. What a disgrace you have you are becoming, Mayor Adams. You are becoming an international disgrace. Never thought I'd see the day when I'd say there's a mayor that could be worse than David Dinkins. Well, we have him right now. The way this guy's trending, this is going to be worse than David Dinkins. At least David Dinkins didn't have contempt for the little people in New York, the people who ran New York. No, he just wanted to go off and play tennis and have fancy headboards made. This guy is trending to be worse than David Dinkins. And worse than a beam, who is another do nothing mayor. John Lindsay, ah, ah, it was the snowstorm that wiped out John Lindsay, that weak response to the blizzard. Otherwise, in that, he was an okay mayor. But this guy's not an Ed Koch. This guy's not a Rudy Giuliani. This guy's not a Robert Wagner. No, this guy's a Mr. Fashion Show. Look at me. I look better than any other politician in America. Even Obama. I look better than Obama. My suits are creased even finer than his suits. And my handkerchiefs, why, they have that little crown in there that belies my royalnessness. Oops. We have a royalnessness, and she's not like that. This guy, I'm telling you, this guy's going to end up worse if he continues this worse than David Dinkins ever was. And to me, David Dinkins was the worst mayor of my lifetime. I wasn't alive when Jimmy Walker was mayor. Otherwise, he'd probably be the worst mayor of my lifetime. Unbelievable. The hubris of this mayor. Okay. There's a story that I'm pretty sure you've, you've seen and you might agree with about BLM, Black Lives Matter. The national group is now refusing. The story comes from Washington Examiner today, refusing to answer questions, basic questions about his finances. This is after they spent $6 million on a luxury mansion. And there's a story that the IRS has to reel in BLM fraud and other illicit charities. One lawmaker, that would be Texas Representative Lance Gooden, it says he's urging the commissioner of the IRS, to take a look. He says he's deeply disturbed by the rampant corruption occurring in the nonprofit sector. Congress, the IRS must investigate Russian donations, donor-funded mansions, and fraud within these groups. Organizations like BLM must be transparent with their donors and the American people, or their tax-exempt status should be revoked. Well, 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 isn't this cute? I know you agree with me, right? Yeah, it's needed, right? Yeah, I got something to say about this. But I got another story first. And that would be from Stacey Adams. Stacey Adams, there's a story that's running in KTAR.com today. Stacey Adams, it's an Associated Press story, so it's all over your newspapers, whoever picked up the AP story. When Democrat Stacey Adams first ran for Georgia in 2008, her lackluster lackluster personal finances, and a hefty bill from the IRF gave Republicans fodder. How she can 
manage a state budget when she struggled with her own debts. That's no longer an issue. She's now worth $3.17 million, according to state disclosures, compared to a net worth of 109000 when she first ran four years ago. Her rapid ascent into millionaire status corresponds with her rise in national politics since her defeat in 2018. She's become a leading voting rights activist, and it goes on and on, on and on, on and on. And one of the things that Miss Abrams is saying right now is it's remarkable to me that success is now being demonized by the Republicans. I believe in success. I believe that every person should have the opportunity to thrive. And because I've had three years where I was in the private sector, I leveraged all three years, and in that time I've done my best not only to be successful personally, but to do what I can to help Georgians. You know what? I don't begrudge this woman her money at all. Not one, what, not one bit if it's honest money. And so the point I wanted to make about the BLM mansion, yeah, it, it looks like it's fraud. But I want to just say something here. How many politicians do you think have gained their wealth from ill-gotten sources? How did the Pelosi's make their money? What do we know? We know about the Clinton Foundation because that was reported in books. But you've got so many of these representatives that go to Congress poor and come out rich. It's become a cliche. You have Harry Reid. When he was the Senate minority, Senate majority leader, people were questioning his real estate deals, but that went nowhere. He got wealthy. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Having founded a political action committee and seeing how donor money is treated, if most donors understood, political donors how their grassroots money is actually being spent, they'd be shocked and they'd probably never give another dime. There is so much corruption in these these organizations. You have a lot of double, triple dipping where someone comes in and they said, okay, we're going to run a pack. Oh, we're also going to do buying the media. Oops, we're going to charge the donors another 15% for that. And we're going to charge this one another 15% run. There is so much of this, especially, dare I say it, on the Republican side. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. At least that's been my observation. Now, that may not be true because I admittedly haven't been inside Democrat politics the way that I have delved into Republican politics. But I will tell you, from what I have seen, it is all a disgrace. You have so many people that are walking out millionaires, and that you wonder, you know, the pack that I was involved in, we ran almost 100 ads using a million dollars. You have organizations that get so much more, like like tens of millions, 20 million, and what do they do in the season? They run three or four ads. And they don't account for the rest. Of, yeah, you have to fill out the financial forms, But I'm telling you, there's so much corruption. And when you look at the Republican side, you wonder how the Republican consultant class gets so rich. These guys are earning money hand over fist. And they don't care whether their side wins or loses. That is apparent to me, some of them, not all of them. So when I look at stories like BLM, yeah, okay, it makes the paper BLM. I'm not excusing it. 
But I'm saying, why is it that when black women start making some money, all of a sudden you get all this scrutiny? Oh, is he saying, did he go there? Yes, he went there. Oh, shoot. And I went there, and it's over time, too. We're going to have to come back to it. Mark Stein coming up. I'm late. We'll be right back. Don't go away. He's always mistakenly British. Teen crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo's Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. And ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Stein is with us, the one, the only, back from the war zones. Hey, great <laughs> great to be with you, James. You know, I'll take a war zone over those Republican consultants you were talking about uh, just now. Because uh, do you remember that guy? I can't even remember his name. He was one. He, he went on to found the Lincoln Project, but he'd been uh, disparaging, and we we tried to get him uh, onto the air, and then he told you. Unfortunately, he was in a meeting between midday and three p.m. Eastern. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I can't stand that. The problem on the right isn't, you know, that we're not giving. I mean, I love all that. Send money now to sendmoneynow.com. We've sent money now. <laughs> We've sent. I can't get on to sendmoneynow.com. So many people are sending money uh, to the various iterations of the Republican Party. When you send money to the Democrats, whatever your bag is, you know, if you want, uh, I don't know, gay marriage uh, or open borders or transgender bathrooms, they say, oh, thanks for the check. Well, we're legislating it tomorrow. Uh, or we're putting a judge on the Supreme Court who's going to go and uh, deliver that. So if you if you go with the if you give your money to the Democrats, you can say what you like about them, uh, but they do it. If you give your money to the uh, Republicans, they just make the consultant class. I had that guy uh, back when Trump was uh, running first time around in 2015 when I said he was going to win. New Hampshire and Michael Murphy, who's a huge consultant. Oh yes, he wrote. He was with Jeb, and he wrote. He wrote. He replied to me. And he said, "You don't get it, Stein. So Trump wins New Hampshire. So what? He's got nowhere to go because uh, Jeb and I have already bought all the television airtime in South Carolina. <laughs> uh, so, so even if he wins, he can't. Trump can't capitalize on his victory because we've bought all the ad breaks you could possibly buy up and down the land. This was Michael Murphy spent a hundred million dollars. Uh, to get Jeb Bush to 2.4% in Iowa. I could get more than 2.4% in Iowa, and I'm not even eligible to run. This is a racket, and it's a racket that works for the Dems, but not for the Republicans. I am so happy you backing me up on this, Mark, because this has been grading me. And today when I saw this business about the BLM, look, I'm not saying that, that we should give BLM a pass. But give me a break. BLM are not the only ones misusing money. And neither are, and Stacey Abrams, if she made her millions and it's all legitimate, I don't see why anybody's bitching about it. So what? She's rich. This is America. If she earned her money, then what is the big deal? Leave her alone. 
No, I, I think there's a. I do think there's a general problem with uh, corruptions in the 501c3, 501c4, 501c137 business. And I would prefer it actually if uh, we were to go to a system. Uh, like they have in Canada or the UK or whatever, where you have to call them registered charities. Because when you use the word charity, you think, oh, they're helping uh, starving moppets uh, in Africa or something. You can't just, <laughs> you can't just, or you can't, like the Clinton Foundation. Oh, what uh, damn, that was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, the fact, the fact is, if you call it a registered charity, then, I mean, what I find is like that guy, it was Obama's, uh, brother. Do you remember the guy who was pals with the big dictator in Sudan? Right. And he was raising money to build a Barack Obama senior. That's the dad. He wa- he was building, uh, raising funds to build a Barack Obama senior rest area on some <laughs> a dirt road going from Sudan to wherever <laughs> so that you could, if you ever stop there, it's like 370 miles to the next rest area, so you should pull over. You'd see the uh, Barack Obama Memorial Latrine. Now, that guy, he got his 501c3 status from the IRS, even though he's in Sudan. He got, <laughs> he got it quicker than all of these Tea Party groups. The, right. whole, the whole thing is a racket. Amen to that. Now, speaking of, oh, I have to ask you this much. I have been, um, I I don't even know, beside myself looking at the stories coming out of Ukraine. You just got back. Uh, The stories of the horrors that that these people are facing, the rapes, the in front of the kids and and being killed with Nazi emblems put on you and uh, the widespread, the, the mass graves. First of all, are we just seeing propaganda coming from the Western press, or do you believe these reports are accurate? And if you do, Zelensky is demanding that the U.N. Security Council do something. And I have one question for you. What good is the U.N. in anything? Well, the the U.N. is basically the Second World War victory parade. Uh, preserved in aspic now and forever that's it the the permanent five are you know uh, america britain france russia and china china didn't actually make that much of a contribution probably shouldn't have been on there uh, but you know in the in 1945 but but the point the point about there's two things in ukraine there's propaganda yes but you can also make a judgment looking at the way uh, Russia has waged war in the last 30 years. And when you're playing by Moscow rules, you just have to go to Grozny and ask anybody there how it, how it was when the Red Army showed up and started raining down death and destruction there. And that's particularly true when they get into, when they get into trouble. They wouldn't have done this, but they're in trouble. They're stalled. They're losing territory. And, and when that happens, they've only got one way to go. Now, what I found interesting about Ukraine, and this was Joe Biden's thing, is that when it started, which is just six weeks ago when the Russians invaded, the whole thing was, oh, well, uh, yes, uh, Ukraine...
win on the battlefield, the Ukrainian army won't be able to defeat the Russians militarily. But I, Joe Biden, will impose this fantastic sanctions regime that will basically do to Russia what Twitter did to Roseanne Barr. <laughs> we're, we're going to cancel an entire country that no one's ever done. So you can't have your McDonald's, you can't have your Pornhub, you can't have your Facebook. He does these sanctions. The ruble is back up to where it was before the invasion. The sanctions... Unbelievable. The sanctions... Uh, all that's happened is that... Uh, is that Putin and Ch Putin's on the phone to Chairman Xi in in China? And Chairman Xi says, "I got to sympathize with you, Vlad. Uh, when the Americans start doing these financial sanctions on you, it can be pretty awkward and inconvenient. Maybe we should start to think about building an alternative global financial system that ultimately will kill the dollar." <laughs> and Vlad <laughs> says. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got a bit distracted with uh, committing war crimes in Ukraine. But now you mention it, that's a crackerjack idea. <laughs> so, so it's the complete inverse of what was predicted. The sanctions have been a flop. And the Ukrainians are actually holding their own uh, in the, uh, on the battlefield. What an amazing thing to look at. I hope that at some point there is some accountability if these reports of the war crimes are true. I, I don't know how they will be, but I hope at some point there will be some accountability for Vlad and his terror unit. Well, I, I think it's always the way that it's the local, it's the guys, there will be some corporal uh, who, uh, and maybe someone a little higher than that, they're losing a lot of major generals uh, in Ukraine, the Russians are at the moment, but it'll be some, some corporal uh, and some other local guy who will be brought up for that. It's hardly ever, hardly ever, do you get the ultimate commander who's ordering these things uh, to, to pay, the, pay the price for it. So, so that's, that's trickier, even with all these international courts. Last one, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Of course, I watched some of the committee hearings, and, you know, it was the, the Democrats are going on and on like this poor woman was subjected to the worst, the worst of the worst <laughs> from these evil Republicans. Uh. And, oh, my goodness, how dare they question her valor, her honor, her righteousness, her virtue. And it's like, what happened here? Were, they, were we all watching the same thing? They asked her a few tough questions. What's a woman? One of them. <laughs> And she kind of didn't answer it. But it's not like it's not like she plucked out a. It's not like the Republicans brought up a Pepsi can and said, "Look, you have a pubic hair on here, and we want to know why you were sending your pubic hairs to your employees." They didn't do any of that. They didn't pull anybody and say, "Ooh, you drank beer in high school," and and <laughs> none of that. So now we have Mitt Romney saying, "Oh, Judge Katanji." She's she's got honor. I'm here, I'm going to join Murkowski and Collins and vote for her now. When she was uh, running, when she was in the running for the DAC Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, Mitt Romney didn't vote for her. I guess she didn't have any honor then, but now she has honor. So we knew she was going to be on the court anyway. Doesn't make a difference. Well. Uh, I would say it's interesting in this particular election cycle because right now, you know, the Democrats are looking at taking a big hit in a couple of months. And uh, it will be over things like being soft on crime and, again, over some of these slightly uh, what what is a woman type.
questions and, you know, being soft on pedophiles and all the rest of it. So what's interesting to me is the Democrats are basically doing what they usually do. Uh, they say, OK, we might we might uh, we might have a tough time getting some guy elected on that platform <laughs> on the pro pedo, uh, pro <laughs> pro pro-women with penises platform. It, we might have a bit of difficulty getting, uh, uh, but it doesn't matter because we've got judges on the court who are going to rule in favor of all that anyway. And as I always say about this whole Supreme Court nonsense, a judge's republic is a contradiction in terms. And, it, and, and, the, and the Democrat confidence, even in this environment, saying, oh yeah, 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 she gave the pedo guy just uh, three months and a slap on the wrist and she can't say what a woman is and she's still going to sail through that's how confident the democrats are that they will prevail ultimately wow amazing mark thank you so much where can people find you mark uh well they could uh, see me on gb news every night at uh, uh eight o'clock uh, london time which is three o'clock uk and and um, three o'clock u.s eastern that is in new york and you can uh, and you can catch me at steinonline.com too Thank you very much. We'll catch you next Tuesday, Mark. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sternley, with you on WABC, coming right back. Your phone call's coming up as well. Don't go away. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. Traffic and transit. Heading into Rockland and Westchester, South Nyack. Stop and go. Stay throughway northbound between exit 10 and Nyack. Exit 13, of course, the Palisades Parkway. Mount Vernon. Stop and go. Cross County Parkway westbound between New York Route 22 and the Bronx River Parkway. Up in Newburgh, Orange County, Route 9W. Northbound between I-84 and County Highway 86. Stop and go. Back down the Westchester, Briarcliff Manor. Stop and go. Route 9A. That's the West Chester local route northbound between the Taconic State Parkway and Upper Croton Avenue. Checking the bridges and tunnels, the GWB inbound doing fine, lower doing okay. Outbound heavy, Lincoln inbound okay. Outbound 20 to 30 minute delays. Holland inbound okay from the Turnpike, 5 to 10 from Route 1 and 9. Outbound 20 to 30 minute delays. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC traffic and transit update. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. This is James Golden with you, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Remember, Cats at Night is up next. Caribbean Queen brings us back. I want to know what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Elon, you already know the deal. Elon bought into to, uh, Twitter. He bought a 9.2 so-called passive stake, about $4 billion. He's been appointed to the board. There are people already saying, okay, one of the first things he should do is get this stupid ban on Donald Trump reversed. But do you expect Twitter to change? I am on Twitter, for those of you who uh, want to reach me there, at BoSnerdly, at BoSnerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. You can also reach me at jamesgolden.com. I do a twice-a-day news blast that is growing by leaps and bounds. Let us head to the telephones. Rhonda, South Bend, Indiana. How are you, Rhonda, my friend? How are you? 
Hey, James, I'm doing well. What I wanted to um, talk to you about was your monologue at the beginning of the show where you were talking about the mayor of New York City and your intense frustration with him. This is the thing about leaders. Either they will love their fellow man or they will love themselves. Really, that's the bottom line. And if you have a leader who truly loves his or her fellow man, then the people they are leading will prosper. If you have a leader who loves him or herself more, the people they're leading will suffer. You've probably heard that saying, your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. It's Mm. like that. So if you want to know, really, what kind of leader you have, look at, at who or what they love. That will always tell the truth. Well, Eric Adams loves the mirror. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I've never, and I'm not kidding. And when I first started noticing it, it was like, wow, this guy really looks good. Wow. Wow, this guy's really well-dressed. And then it became, every time I see this guy, it's a new designer suit. It's impeccableness. And I'm looking at this against the backdrop of what he's doing, which is really dumping on the hard-working people of New York while elevating the elite class, while hanging out with the elites, while being a part of that whole glamour circle in New York. Meanwhile, the people, the real people who make this city and who make this region work suffer. Their five-year-olds are still required to wear these masks that have proven to be detrimental to their health and to their development. He doesn't care. We've still got crime that is out of control in certain areas in New York. He gives a lot of lip service to that. We don't see any real change. You have the people. This is the one I, that, that galls me the most. You have these city workers who were there when COVID was raging. And these people came to work. They had certainly, they were working through their fear. They were putting their lives on the line for members, for their fellow man. There was no vaccine. People didn't even know at, at some point how this contagion was spreading. With, with Remember those days, because they happened, and yet these city workers showed up. They showed up in the hospitals. They took care of the sick. They took care of the dying. And what happens when they don't, when some of them said, I want to exercise my freedom as an American and not take this vaccine for whatever reason? People like Eric Adams and de Blasio fire them from their jobs. Now, at the same time, two weeks ago, we got a bunch of ball players who can't come into New York and play because of the vaccine mandates. So what does he do? He releases them. Okay, you don't have to worry about the rules anymore. Well, how about these people that work so hard for New York? Screw them. You're still fired. And it just so happens that this mayor is also taking his pack took donations from a huge donation from the owner of the New York Mets. And the New York Mets definitely, with the rest of the sports team and the entertainment class, benefited from from this this waiver that he gave to the entertainers and to the big shots. But for the little people, no. You get nothing but his middle finger. So I would say I think the jury's right now, if I had to pick, this is a guy who loves himself. Oh. Rhonda, thanks so much for the call. Let us go to Mark in Staten Island. Mark WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. What's on your mind? Hi, James. i got to take you to task about something. You mentioned that you said that John Lindsay was an okay mayor. He was a horrible mayor. <laughs> Crime soared. 
Uh, I mean, everything was horrible. I mean, he told the police to leave the graffiti artists alone because they were expressing themselves. Uh, remember the West Side Highway? The truck fell through the West Side Highway. Oh, goodness. He neglected this whole city. He doubled the welfare rolls. I mean, it, uh, remember like you, you know what? You were bringing, look, I have to be honest with you. I had never, I didn't remember all of this. When you started mentioning and ticking it off, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, because you remember in the beginning, uh, Mayor Lindsay got such good press. He was photogenic. Oh, does that remind you of somebody? He was, um, you know, he was he was the young, invigorating mayor. And his biggest downfall, of course, was the neglect of when we had the blizzard, and and the outer barrels were just a mess for weeks and weeks at a time. So I think good point. Who was the best mayor in your view of New York? In my lifetime, well, the best one was LaGuardia in my, my book. But in my lifetime, was Giuliani. And who was the worst? Uh, it's a tie between Lindsay and de Blasio. But right now, Adams is giving them a run for their money. <laughs> Mark, your points are well taken. I, I, I am properly chastised. Thank you. I appreciate your call very much. Let us uh, go to Rob in Brooklyn, New York. Rob, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. What is on your mind this afternoon? Yes, hi, James. Yes, uh, I just want to tell you, I took the train. Like, I didn't take the trains for a while because they were so bad. But when Mayor Adams said in February he was putting all these extra cops and removing all the homeless, I decided to go where I'm going. I take three trains there and three back. So I made 10 trips. That's 60 trains I've been on. And I look through all the stations as the train passes the station. I haven't seen one cop with 60 trains, not even one, not even on J Street and Metro Tech, where I used to see like last year, like four or five cops, like just standing around. Now, I haven't seen one cop with 60 trains, 10 trips. So where are the cops that he said, these extra cops? And I've also seen homeless people, maybe about 20 out of the 60 cars. I've seen 20 home, 20 homeless people. I think this guy is just like Biden. Like Biden says, I'm going to secure the border. I'm going to lower the gas. Adams is the same exact thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to clean up the trains. I, I think they're both the same, but I think it's a disgrace. Where are the cops on the train? Should I call 311 and make a complaint? I haven't seen one, not even one, with 60 trains. Since now, let me say something to you, Rob. Okay, this goes into something I've been complaining about on the, on the air here after some of these news stories. Do you remember some of these murders that have taken place? Queens Plaza. Queens Plaza? Queens Plaza is supposed to be one of the safest stations in the city. It is a major hub of commerce and activity. And then you have West 4th Street. They did a cleanup operation before they toured West 4th Street, chased the homeless out of there, and, and ran some hoses in there right before all the big ones came in there. But that was it. And then you look at some of the other major subway stations where there have been these horrible crimes. And so that just buttresses your point. This is all talk. That's all we're getting from this mayor. It's all talk, and we're not getting it, he promised. Rob, thank you for the call. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, coming back. More of your calls, more news right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. 
WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Remember, Catch a Night is up next. And you want to keep it here all night. That's right. And the land is dark. And the moon is the only light we'll see. This is an anthem. This is not just a song. This is an anthem. As you stand, stand by me. So darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Oh, stand. Stand by me. Danny, Long Island, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, your own with James Golden. What is on your mind, Danny? Playing off what that last caller said, I was a, I was a lieutenant in the police department, and the worst thing the city ever did was to disband the transit police. They were they were focused on the subway, they were highly motivated, and they knew their boundaries. And now you can't. And, and the sight of a cop, I remember being in the eighties, where even if I was just I was a city cop, but if I took the subway down to court and the train opened at Forty Second Street and I got on, the look of relief on people's face to see a uniformed cop with a stick in his hand was worth was worth. I'll take that look to my grave. That the the look that the good guys are here and everything's going to be okay because the world was crazy back then. And now I also understand that uh, our former disgraced governor in fighting with our former disgraced Mayor de Blasio, de Blasio didn't want to guard the turnstiles. So the governor hired MTA uh, state employees to guard the turnstiles, but they won't go on the tracks or the trains, but you can't even find them either. What the hell is going on? It is a disgrace. It is what... Danny, thank you for your call. And you're absolutely, this is a disgrace. It is a disgrace what is happening in New York with this so-called leadership. And let me just make another point. There is one organization that's still doing their best. They can't man everything. And you know whose organization that is? That's Curtis Lewa yesterday. And I want you to think about this, people. Curtis Lewa has spent most of his entire life trying to protect the people of this city when people like Mayor Adams mouth about it and then head off to the show or help or, or head off to hang out with the with the elites of the town. That's these people, the guardian angels. They've been there on the subways where you don't see police men and women. And they've been there for decades now. Thank you, Curtis, for actually walking the walk. Let us go to Walker. Speaking of walking to walk in Jersey City, New Jersey. Hi, Walker. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, Bo. It's a, it's a slightly different subject that I want to bring up. And Go ahead. The, 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 my question is, uh, who is making money on these uh, uh, immigrants coming up through Central America and Mexico? Staying someplace, and, who, and somebody's paying, paying for their food. Okay, paying. I'm going to urge you to listen to my podcast series, On the Border, because we actually get into how they are being funded, and we have got an, a, a reporter like no other, Todd Benzman, who this week is reporting on something we just recorded of On the Border today. And there is a new surge that is occurring as Title 42 is on its way out. This is the laws, the regulations that Donald Trump used to keep the, uh, alien, the illegal alien surge down through using asylum, which our asylum laws are a total scam. We get into that, too. Now, I'm just going to tell you one thing from today's episode. We are looking at, 
if predictions are accurate, and I want you to really understand this, we are looking at the biggest surge of illegal immigration in America's history that could be ready to occur. We are looking up to, oh, please give me that call from Brooklyn next. Um, We are looking up to 6 million. Do you heard me right? 6 million, 480,000 illegal immigrants over the next year. If predictions are right of the surge that is getting ready to come. Not only that, Cuba has now opened up an air transit lane with Nicaragua. So we have a new Mariel airlift this time, not boat lift, where Cubans are going first to Nicaragua, then sneaking through, and we're not even sneaking. They're just right now walking through our southern borders. Gene, and okay, podcast, and there are many more podcasts coming up. And we've got a whole plethora of podcasts, uh, including the latest episode of On the Borders, what we did today. Your COVID stories are coming up. We have um, Science is Golden coming. We, that's already in the can. We've got episodes on that. And today we also talked with Peter Schweitzer at length. If you want to understand everything about Hunter Biden and the money coming to the United States from China and Joe Biden and not just them, politicians on both sides, that podcast is coming up as well. Let's get back to the telephones. Gene in Brooklyn, how are you? Hi, James. I enjoy all your shows. I listen to you every single day except Sunday when you're not on. I do have a little bone to pick. Okay. The problem is you can't keep honoring um, our mayor by addressing him as GQ and the best-dressed person when he's allowing all these killings and... and um, destroying young children's lives by not letting them develop speech. And and I really think that I I just disagree that you should not be honoring him by telling him how well-dressed he is. Well, I'm not, it's not honoring. I'm describing accurately his priorities. His priorities, Gene, are making sure that he looks good, making sure that he could be the cover boy. I'm sorry, that, don't, scratch that, the cover man for GQ magazine on any day. Okay, that's what I'm saying. His priorities are all about him. How do I look? Am I looking immaculate today? And yes, he is. Am I hanging out at the right set with the right fashionistas? Am I hanging out with the right elites on Broadway? Am I hanging out with the athletes and the entertainers? And all this talk that the all the lives of the everyday people in New York and what they have to go through, we're seeing what he's doing for them. Absolutely nothing but talk. And for our first responders, especially in the healthcare community, who kept this city afloat, when death was everywhere, who got fired because they wouldn't take the vaccine, he has shown total callous disregard for them, just like he callously fired that woman who dared ask him about masking yesterday. This mayor could care less about the little people in New York. It's all about him, how he looks, and the elite crowd. And it's sickening to watch. Gene, thank you for the call. I really do appreciate it. Let us go to Michael in New Brunswick very quickly. James, real fast, I just want to tell you, I, I give you a standing ovation every time, every day I listen to you, you get a standing ovation from me. But the best thing in my life was Motown songs. Oh, my God, I jump out of my jaws. When I hear Motown, 
I jump out of my my soul jumps out of my body when I hear Motown. <laughs> James, I talked to you before. You know, you're you're such a good guy. I I love you, James. I love you, but oh, that Motown. And Stevie Wonder made me play harmonica when I was fifteen. It's oh, I love it. I mean, that music, there is something magical, Michael. I totally get what you're saying. To me, there's something magical about the music from that era. See, it wasn't, to me, just Motown. I mean, Motown, like you said, you can have an out-of-body experience listening to some of the music. But to me, it goes into everything. It goes into top 40. It go- and that's why WABC was so important. WABC was the merit station. It didn't matter whether you were a black artist, a white artist, male, female, Hispanic, Whatever you were, if you had the top music, it got played on WABC. And that, my friends, is why America got to hear. Because WABC was the number one top 40 radio station in the world, music radio. And by the way, you can see hear music radio on the weekends. Because it was about merit. And there's so much great music that came out during those eras. And you're right. It'll make you have an out-of-body experience just listening to it. Look, I want to make one thing clear. I am tough on Mayor Adams, but I do want this mayor to succeed. Because if Mayor Adams succeeds, that means you and me, my fellow New Yorkers, my friends, my loved ones, all of us in New York, this New York family, it means we will be safe. It means our schools will be better. Our streets will be safer. I want him to succeed. But he's got a long way to go, and he's not going about it the right way. Anyway, we are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are New York, the greatest city in the world, despite these challenges we face. And, of course, we are in the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed, our beloved United States of America. May God bless each and every one of you and your families. May he protect each and every one of you and your families. And look with special favor on those enduring so much in Ukraine. We'll see you tomorrow. Cats up next. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.